Hello and welcome to Reverend Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast. Blah 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 Sorry, I'm just I'm already thinking of all the stuff we need to get to, and I can't even get the words out to introduce the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's a political, political podcast. By and for millennial and Gen Xer types from a left wing perspective. Today is God knows what. It's Saturday, December 15th. Thanks for handling the uh, opening there for me, Rachel. Uh, I'm Travis, as usual. I'm Rachel. And oh boy, oh, is there a lot of crap to get to? It's Let- only been a week, baby. Well, that's why we, we need to, we don't have time to, but we need to do this show more than once a week, at least three or four times, I would say. Right now. To least. try to keep up with everything. <laughs> yeah, right now, at this time, like, like it, that's the thing. You watch the cable shows and when things are slow, they just have to fill the time yeah. with crap sometimes and rehash stuff. And like, not now, not now, like. Hayes and Maddow and those guys, they got plenty to talk about every night that's fresh and new and horrifying. Horrifying and there's stuff they can never get to and Same here. Yeah. It's 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 a it is a it is a wealth of news. Uh anyway. Let's jump into the late breaking news from last night. Um there's I think just a week left or a day left in the open enrollment for ACA. Yeah. Uh, so not coincidentally. I think today is the last day. That the makes 15th. sense. Yeah. yeah. So this this wackadoo judge in Texas, uh, the same judge, and uh, which circuit is it on again? I don't know. Um, anyway, he uh, he had ruled that the um, Native uh, Child Welfare Act was unconstitutional based on just weird garbage that didn't make any sense, and the appeal court totally struck it down. Well, as many were anticipating, he he uh, ruled last night that because the GOP awful tax bill uh, struck down the individual mandate and the Roberts court said, yeah, that's fine. Therefore, the entire ACA is unconstitutional. Well, and I want to speak to that for a minute just from a legal perspective. Why? Yeah, you do that, that and then I'll speak to it from a practical perspective. So – The ACA, when it originally went up to the Supreme Court the first time, um, the Roberts Court determined that it was constitutional because it was a tax and that Congress has the right to impose a tax Mm -hmm. on American citizens. And so that is why the individual mandate um, was constitutional. Right. And when they struck down the individual mandate, this judge in Texas then ponders that because the individual mandate is struck down, then it no longer is a tax and therefore the entire ACA is unconstitutional. (laughs) Because that's how sorta yes sorta it's very specious obviously. I mean uh, that's what he argued. Yeah, right? that's what he argued. Yeah, but but he the 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 bridge the leaps that he made to get to that logic are well it, it odd. it's it's complicated but it's not right so when you bring something before the Supreme Court there has to be a constitutional question at hand. And the constitutional question at hand back in the day was whether or not the individual mandate was unconstitutional. And the court found like that was the that was the issue that was brought before the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. They didn't judge. They didn't rule on the entirety of the ACA. They just said, look, you're contesting the individual mandate. We are looking at the individual mandate and we have determined that the individual mandate is constitutional because it's taxed. Okay, but there's so hold on. Mm -hmm. Okay, So. If you take away the individual mandate, fine. 
that doesn't mean the entire law is struck down. It's just that the only thing that the, was brought before the court was the individual mandate. The court determined it was a tax, therefore it was constitutional, so it stood. Now, if you take away the individual mandate, that doesn't mean like, oh, well, now everything else is unconstitutional. Uh, it just means that... Hold that, on, babe. You see, you're forgetting what else was written in that decision and what gave this judge that opening. It was ruled, and I think Roberts wrote this himself, that without the individual mandate, the whole law falls apart. Well, I think, okay, cite me some case law. What did he say exactly? I, I don't remember what he cited. Right. So what you're saying is that this judge is right. I'm saying this judge took Roberts's decision and, and some of the language from that decision to twist it into this idea that, well, now that the individual mandate has been struck down and the Supreme Court said it's okay, well, then the whole law is unconstitutional. Is that what the Supreme Court said in 2012? Not really, but it, w it, was, it was in there. There was language in that decision that said, you know, without this indiv individual mandate, the whole law will unravel and that's not our purpose here or something to that effect. Well, I think that's true from an economic standpoint. Without the individual mandate, the Affordable Care Act doesn't work because you can't have a system of insurance where um, everyone doesn't have to buy in. It doesn't work. It may not work, but so far, actually, it's been working just fine. But is that what he meant? Um, that's the problem. Or is he talking about legally the law is unconstitutional without the individual mandate? Or is he saying that without the individual mandate, the ACA won't function? Well, that's the ironic part. And I think a lot of conservatives got very mad at the Roberts decision when they, when they did that. They kind of said, well, that's not your problem to decide. Uh, and, and it's not your problem if the law was so badly written that now it's going to screw a bunch of people. Oh, too bad. And now this judge is kind of taking that and, and twisting it ironically to say. Right. So the court was saying it's not functional without the individual mandate, but not that it's illegal without the individual mandate. Exactly. OK. So yeah. what I was saying holds that just because the individual mandate is taken away, it may become dysfunctional. However, it's not unconstitutional without right, the individual right. mandate. And then this judge is conflating the two and saying, well, hey, back in the day, you know, the Roberts court said that without the individual mandate, there's no law. So therefore, there's no law. <laughs> it's like it doesn't legally it, it doesn't hold any water. No. It, it, it's, it's bridging this gap between this decision that conservatives said at the time. It's like, well, what the hell is Roberts saying? That's not that, you know, the law shouldn't Outside care. Outside the purview of the Supreme yes, Court. exactly. Who gives a fuck if you think it's functional or not? Is it legal or I, no? Right. And I may be misremembering some of the nuance of this, but that's basically how it went down to the best of my recollection. And this was back in like... 2012. 2012, right. Um, so that's what this, this... And there's all kinds of other problems... But here's the thing. Right now, you're seeing you're seeing a lot of misinformation and panic, and um, people are just wildly saying this or that or the other thing. And we're going to try to parse it for you, and so you can take a deep breath because I'm sure we have listeners that are on the exchange. I have been on the exchange before, mm -hmm. and this would also affect potentially. This would affect everything in the law. That everything it, in the healthcare system. Expanded Medicaid, pre-existing yeah. conditions, yep. being on your parents' insurance, you're 26. The whole gamut. Yep. So all of it. Here's the thing. So, okay, so this federal circuit court judge, or I'm sorry, appellate court judge, um, struck down the ACA, No, right? he's not an appellate court judge. He's a circuit court judge. No, this goes to the Supreme Court next. No, that is not, no. Okay. It, it can go to the appellate court next because there's, it's going to be uh, challenged, obviously. Um, okay, hold on. Just go ahead. I'm going to look it up because I just read that the next step is the Supreme Court, so... 
Potentially, but probably not. But well, there's a, there's only one way that it, the next step could be the Supreme Court, and that's if it was an appellate court judge that no, the, decided the, that. The, so. the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, could strike it down. But hold on a second. It's very important to note that there was not an injunction that went along. This was just this was a decision. It was not sort of the ruling that you got when you know, for say, for instance, Trump's uh, Muslim ban got struck down, and there was an injunction to to stop you know, the law from, from going forward, that was not issued. So right now, if you are on the exchange utilizing the ACA, that is still the case today and will be for this foreseeable future in next week and next month and probably for quite a while. That is really important to point out. Absolutely. A lot of people think, oh, the judge made this decision today. The ACA no longer exists. No, (laughs) right. That is not the case. And you have these dueling opinions where some people are very confident that, oh, this is garbage, it's nonsense, don't worry, it's going to get struck down, it's going to get laughed out of court. And then there's some other people like, oh, I'm not so sure, especially the way Roberts wrote his opinion back in 2012 to leave the door open. This was always sort of the plan, and you could very well, uh, if it finds its way back to the Supreme Court, they could very well uphold this and effectively kill the law, although a lot of people think that's unlikely. So really... We're in an uncertain period now, and I would say it's safe to say that the law has now been newly imperiled. I I don't think that's going out on a limb to say. Um, And I'm not sure how this is going to go, and I'm not a legal expert. And you have legal experts, real legal experts, people who have done this law, who have brought cases to the Supreme Court before, fighting on Twitter now. And they're not even sure how this is going to go. But this is what we can do. Stay vigilant. And, and I'll get into the politics of this in a minute. But in terms of, of being vigilant and making a lot of noise and letting it be known that this is not acceptable, uh, or if this is the opportunity to get Medicaid for all, Medicare for all, uh, then yeah, maybe the time is ripe for that. But either way, it is not a time to just stand idly by and just hope for the best. Right. So... Right. I mean, okay. So let's imagine that it goes to the Supreme Court. I can't seem to find anything that is fucking helpful. But um, let's say it goes to the Supreme Court, and with the addition of the rapist, they strike it down as unconstitutional. So now no one has health care protections or anything else, and we go back to the Dark Ages where, mm-hmm. um, you know. You get denied coverage for existing conditions or pay out the ass. And a whole shitload, like what, 20 million Americans lose their health have insurance? Have useless insurance. If you're a college kid now, you are either not insured or you pay a bunch through your university maybe or you just don't have insurance like I did when I was in my 20s and I went five years just hoping for the best. Um, yeah, we'll go back so to that. So we'll go back to that. And then – Congress has a decision to make, which is a whole bunch of people are going to be really, really fucking pissed. Well, this is what kind of kills me, right? It's the, the, the dog has caught the car again with these Republicans. They got shellacked in the midterms for several reasons. Trump at the top of the list, but a big, 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 big one was health care. Yes. And people finally realized that, okay, the Obamacare didn't kill my grandma and we actually kind of need a lot of things in it. Even if you, I hate Obama and Republicans are actually trying to take it away and we're done with that and stop trying to do that. And then they just did it and they did it. And this at, is a case that's, that's years ago, right? That it finally got to this point. This isn't like two weeks ago, some dude got to this federal judge in Texas. This is a years old case. That's how yeah. these things work. Yeah. And so they finally got it. And now 
I think the Republicans are like, no, we don't want that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have a better solution. We yeah. have nothing we to had, offer. We, we have nothing. nothing to offer. Yeah, but um, we're so, just going to yeah. remake the ACA and call it something different. But well, that's using what Trump, all of the same things that Obamacare already did. Well, that's what Trump. Take a long time. That's what Trump basically uh, called for. Yes. Uh, this morning. Yes. He's like, we're going to have a new thing that does that does pre-existing conditions and all these great things, but it won't be ACA, and. Um, I don't, you know, I think enough Dems might be willing to say, okay, but except, you know, if Republicans write the law, it'll never, it won't be very good and it won't really do all those things they say it'll do. It never works that way. Right. We, we like to say that they're going to do that, but that that's not actually the case. Do what? Uh, rewrite the ACA and call it the Trump wonderful freedom, bald eagle, patriot healthcare they're not going to go The thing that we have to remember about Obamacare and healthcare in general and healthcare legislation is that. It, do you remember how hard it was to get the ACA passed? Yeah. How it, literally Obama used every ounce of political capital possible. And Pelosi had a lot to do with that. Yes. People and, and, and they had roundtables and they brought everybody in and they fought and they fought and they fought and it barely passed. And thank God it did. And look, the health care, health insurance lobby is incredibly influential. In the United States Congress, they have a shitload of money and they use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't see how the Supreme Court knocks this down and then they're just like, oh, well, we're just going to go back to square one and do the same thing without. I mean, are Republicans seriously going to throw their money back at their donors and be like, oh, we're going to re- like the whole point of this getting rid of the ACA is because. Well, because they hate Obama, but also like. You know, it makes health insurance companies do things that doesn't make them maximum profit. It re- they yeah. don't if they don't have to cover people with pre-existing conditions. They won't. They won't. If yeah. they don't have to cover kids up to 26 on their parents insurance, they won't. They would like the youngest people with the least health concerns to buy shitty health insurance that they, they don't have to pay, have to pay out. out. Yeah. And then, that's uh, the point. It's a profit industry. Yeah. Again, it goes back to this this. Lib- uber libertarian idea that the market solves everything and well, we're making people buy insurance they don't want right, and they, right. they don't need well and- the the idea is um okay well see if the, if it's just free market everywhere all the time of course people are only going to want to buy a product that's good so ultimately you'll only get the good product what that doesn't figure in is things like monopolies and when you have the market cornered and there are no other options. And insurance is an entirely separate kind of product. Yeah. You're not buying something you need. You're buying assurances that should you need it, it will be there. That's why it's called insurance. And people are stupid. Yes. And so they're like, I'm not sick. It's fine. I'll just buy well, catastrophic it, nothing that doesn't cover anything. You know, hold and on. then I'll get cancer and I, I won't be covered. I don't even know if it's fair to call them stupid because it, you and I have tried to read our insurance manuals before, right? It's so Byzantine, even very intelligent people can. And, and then and then the insurance companies cheat anyway and don't because the rules are written Byzantine. You have to get an actual lawyer to get your insurance company to um, actually provide the services that is in your contract for them to give you. Right. So it, it's not even a matter of being stupid. Well, but it, it's just a matter of, look, I have to have this thing under Obamacare. I have to have this thing. Everyone should, like, in their own self-interest, want to have health insurance, but also money is a thing. Yeah. And so they buy the cheapest possible thing. And what one of the things Obamacare did was say, okay, the cheapest possible thing. These worthless plans that don't cover anything. We're not going to let 
you buy something that doesn't do anything. Yeah. I don't even if it's 70 bucks a month, there's no reason for you to have insurance at 70 bucks a month if literally it covers nothing. But 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 the flip side of that was then you can't even offer those plans anymore. Right. And the only plans that are available have to be ones that actually cover something. And then you get to this market forces thing. Well, we have to, you know, we these consumers out there, we have to have them buy these plans and they have to actually cover something. So then the market forces in that sense work with regulation. No, with regulation. (laughs) That's the point of Obamacare. They made a floor and they said, here's the floor, the very basic minimum that it has to cover. And here are the following things that if you're going to provide an insurance plan, it has to cover the following things. And by the way, the last 30 seconds that we explained to you were better than Obama and the Democrats did to explain the plan in the whole (laughs) <laughs> two years. Four years since <laughs> they, they ju- passed it. Yeah, they just did, did not explain it at all. <clears throat> right. So they made a floor and they said, okay, if you're going to in- provide an insurance plan, the very, very basic bare minimum shit you have to provide is things like prenatal care, mm-hmm. maternal care, mm-hmm. um, prescription dug- drug coverage yes. to some degree, right? Yeah. Being able to, um, uh, you know, free annual checkup, Yeah. right? Preventative care. Um, which people balked at. And it's like, look, <laughs> insurance companies want you to have an annual exam. That's not even something they're fighting against. If they could get everybody in on their plan to go into a doctor and have like a blood test and like some basic tests to figure out, oh, you have prediabetes. Because then care preventative care so saves them fucking money. Cheaper than sick care. It just yeah. is. If, if you come in with, you know, like, Let's say your kidneys aren't doing great, but you don't really notice any symptoms except your pee is kind of brown. And then four years later, you come in with end stage renal disease. Gosh, if four years ago you'd come in for a physical and we could have addressed your kidney issue. We could have given you a pill. We wouldn't be on dialysis. Right. Four hours a day, three times a week. And you're on a transplant list. Right. Right. We would have been like, oh, here's a pill. Stop taking ibuprofen and let's talk about. Right. Eat more vegetables. So they want. They want this, right? But people were like, well, it's just, you know, it's so expensive. And anyway. The government telling me what to do. Right, exactly, and, exactly. Know. So there was a floor, right, mm-hmm. for health insurance plans. That that was one of the things. Preventative care is free. So it doesn't even cost you a copay to go see your doctor once a year. Birth control. Another big thing health insurance companies we're like. We're still fighting over it. So it's there was free. A, there was a ruling the other day, in fact, that upheld some of that. Yeah, we're going to be fighting this battle. Forever. Forever, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so if this gets struck down, all that goes away. And literally like a fly-by-night operation can come into your town and be like, oh, here's health insurance. It's 50 bucks a month. And mm-hmm. you buy it because you have to have it or you think it's good or you, you know, you're some sense of self Or you're just, preservation. You're just price shopping. And yeah. And then you're like, 50 bucks a month sounds good. And then literally anything happens and nothing is covered. Yeah. Literally nothing. There's no regulation that says they actually have to provide health care. And that, that's what Republicans are trying to get yes, us back Yes, that's to. what we would like. That's what they would like to have. Because, you know, people are smart and they only buy the health care they need. Well, let's move on to the politics of this then, because I think you're right. I think that a lot of Republicans woke up this morning and were like, Oh, no. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the dog caught the car. Would have been great two, three, four years ago or so we think. Now, shit. Like, they know they just got shellacked in the midterms with this very, very high list, right? Yeah. So, now what? Um, that's a good question. And, and, and I think that, you know, 
people do underestimate, I think these Republicans certainly underestimate that uh, this is not going to go over really well. Um, and and should it get to the court, the high court, the Supremes, and they knock it down, they have built their entire political careers off of knocking this down. So it's going to be hung around their necks. Well, it should be. It, just, and, it and, will. And, people, and they know it. People like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and I think Sherrod Brown were very, very smart. They immediately jumped on Twitter and jumped on the airwaves and said, well, Republicans have finally did it. They, they are... They are they are moving quickly to just take away your health care. And it's not a lie. Now, a lot of act, it, the, the weird thing was, if you were following this sort of develop on Twitter last night, which I, I was at a party, so I couldn't do much of it, but I did a little of it. I uh, you had actually a lot of, quote, liberal uh, pundits pushing back and say, oh, no, 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 let's not get carried away. Let's not freak out. This is this is going to get struck down. Everybody knew this judge was going to rule this way. It's fine. And then some other people were a little more Shut savvy. Shut the fuck up. Yes, first of all. <laughs> Shut up. First of all, that's not, we're not sure about that. Right. Secondly, some more politically savvy people who have read and retained these decisions going back to the Sibelius um, uh, decision were like, I'm not so sure that's how this is going to go. Right. We don't know. Like Armando. He's he's a good person to read. Um, and some other folks. And like, y- this is a big deal. Uh, it doesn't mean the ACA is dead. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get back to the Supreme Court and that the Supreme Court is going to once and for all kill the ACA. But whereas before this decision, it seemed a distant possibility. Now it's a much more real possibility. Yeah. And that's scary. Right. It's scary for right. all of us. Right. And the Trump administration has said it's not going to defend Obamacare in court. Yeah. It's also not going, not stupid enough, I don't think, to turn, try to turn this ruling into a sort of injunction. No. No, no, no. I don't think so. Even on Twitter, he posted the fucking fascist posted some bullshit about how great it was. And then immediately following, a staffer took his phone <laughs> and said, um, by the way, you're still covered and yeah. this will be appealed. And so nothing has changed. Yeah. Because people were freaking the fuck out. Yeah. President's like, yes, Obamacare's gone. He's an idiot. And then they were like, very reasoned. <laughs> this case will certainly be appealed. And for the time being, nothing has changed. Yeah. It was his following tweet. Which yeah, like, even, okay. even the White House <laughs> is saying that. What does that right, tell you? Right. People are not happy about this. No. This was popular when Obama was president because it's a black dude and it's called Obamacare and we want to kill everything that he did because they had no power. Sure. Now they have all the power and they're like, no, we don't want to do that. That's not a good idea, but it's already in the works. We don't want to be the ones to take away. But it's already in the works. That's how the, this is the, this is so, so fucking stupid. It's already in the works. This case has been around since 2015 Mm -hmm. and now it's finally gotten to this judge and he struck it down and you don't get to control the timeline of that. You guys tried to strike this shit down for years and it's finally happened and it's inconvenient politically because there's not a reasonable person in the White House, right? <laughs> but like that it's over. Yeah, you the, are you you the put monster, wheels in motion the and there's no controlling. And it. it's rampaging. Yeah. And, and that now it's come home to reckon. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do. So so politically, I, I think I t- I posted this on Twitter. This judge has now really once and for all handed the Republicans the rope. Yep. To totally hang themselves yeah. with. And I don't think, I'm not sure if they're dumb enough to just put it around their necks and jump. They might be. I don't know. Um, I don't think so, but I also, then what? The, well, what then, do you say? Well, then We're not going to take this further? I mean, they have to, right? Because if they don't take it further, then it stands, and then 
What? Well, I'm not sure. Sh- like, we're in this weird, you know. But again, this goes back to the, the, the this this judge, this court did not have the authority to uh, pass, have this as an injunction, right? And, and, and sort of de facto kill the law with this ruling. So well, if nothing happens, if no one decides to appeal it, then it's standing law. Well, no, everybody's appealing it. California's appealing it. A bunch of other blue states are probably going to sign on and appeal so it. So then what do is- they do? Do they just not show up? <laughs> they just are like, no, you're right. It's fine. Oh, yeah. the government? Yeah. I have no idea. I don't either. I, I mean, don't what do Republicans do? Like, it has to be appealed. Otherwise, it's standing law and 20 million Americans you're, lose health insurance. You're, you're right. This is this is, this is 2015 thinking. Yeah. This, this, is, this is when Obama was still right. in office and Hillary Clinton was going to be the president and we're just going to burn everything down. Yeah. Oh, shit. Trump became president and then we had all the power and now well, it, we're going to take all these people's health care away. What are we going to do? More <laughs> fundamental than that, Obamacare as a law was still underwater. Yeah. It was not it was starting to to get more popular then but it was still like 45 55 underwater right. and they still felt good about that. Yeah. And now it's like 60 40 at best, maybe even more. Uh, and they're on the wrong side of this and they just got shellacked in the midterms with yeah. this very high on the list. Yeah. And so I don't think they know what to do. Trump <laughs> doesn't even understand how any of this works, no. let alone the politics of it. So it's a good question, but no, this is going to go to um the fifth um, circuit of appeals. And then if they strike it down or try to strike it down. Well, if um, they uphold this court's ruling. Well, yeah. Then right. It, then, then, it, then it could go back to SCOTUS, mm-hmm. but they could just completely strike it down. They but, could overturn this court's ruling. Yes. And then. Then nothing. Then nothing. Then, you, then, then you'll you just ever... have ACA like it is now. Well, right. Which is a little bit basically bastardized. And, and Well, you'll still have Republicans saying we need to appeal, repeal it, but that's meaningless. I don't think so. I haven't heard any Republican Congress people say anything about Obamacare in a while. Yeah, still some of them. I don't. It's not a thing for them. But I don't, don't want to talk about it. Very few they, of All them... they are saying is like we're the ones trying to prevent them from taking away coverage for pre-existing conditions. The Democrats want to take that away. Like they're trying to do this whole weird thing. Before okay. the midterms. But really, I don't hear anybody being like, Obamacare, bad, let's repeal it anymore. Because now they actually have power and they realize that they don't want to do that because that would actually take health care away from people. So they're just like, let's not talk about health care. Well, here's, here's a good test, right? Besides Trump himself and Hugh Hewitt, who's an idiot, uh, that are, you know, uh, going rah-rah and saying this is great and the law is dead. Why don't you check some Republican congressman timelines and see how many are, are saying, oh, good, now we can kill Obamacare. Right. I bet you'll find a and few, but what? not a ton. I think you're right. They don't, like, they don't want to go back. This is the last they thing they need ne- right now. No, and they, they were never against the policy. It's their policy. They came up with it in the 90s. This is Obamacare is Republican 90s version health care Of a compromise of health care reform. Yeah. And... And the they don't have was... any different ideas. It's not like they're like sitting on this great idea plan. But they always say they are. But what is it? Because this is their plan. We did it. And now you want to dismantle it because it was politically savvy, right, at the time. But now it's like if you really went to them and said, what, what do you want to do? They would have nothing. Yeah. And Trump, we will get great, great health care. <laughs> what does he that tweets. mean? Nothing. What he does doesn't that know what that means. He has his fake doctor who says he's the most healthy person to ever <laughs> exist. So I don't know that he knows what healthcare is. Anyway, to sort of wrap up this up, we've been on this for a while, but it's important. Um, the law as as it existed yesterday still exists today. Your coverage has not been dropped. 
It's not going to change next week. It's not going to change next month. In three months, it probably won't change. I would even say in six months, things will not have changed. It's going to take a long time between the appeals the and the slow. fights. The courts are slow. And like we're looking at something from 2015 and it's almost 2019. Yeah. And it's just at the federal uh level like just just got to a federal judge in texas yes so it's gonna take years Uh, for this to it could get to the appeals court before that it it could yeah but i mean ultimately it's going to continue and continue and continue to get appealed until somebody at the supremes decides or doesn't decide yeah right until they say no we're not doing this again or in theory the administration could try to rush this through the courts and, and and get the law killed but that's not really a thing uh the courts work how they work. You can't really rush things through unless it's like, you know. There's ways. There's ways of rushing things through, yeah. Oh, how? About certain motions and... like. I mean, they're going to appeal it and then it's going to go on the docket and then the docket has the date that the date is available, right? And then the Supreme Court is in session or not and they look at things and they decide whether or not... To, I mean, it's going to take a while. Either way, it's it just gonna, takes it's, a minute, just as the way the courts work. But anyway, I think our point is you had a lot of knee jerk reaction, especially from, quote unquote, liberal or mainstream pundits saying, oh, this is nothing. It'll get struck right. down. It doesn't can't it's stop meaningless. shooting ourselves in the fucking foot. Well, <laughs> it's like, stop. I, I think that a lot of those pundits get <sighs> get very squeamish when people panic a little bit and they want everybody to stay calm all the time. That's, I, I, you know, even though we're in very perilous times and nobody should be calm about anything. Of course, these are a lot of white men that are saying this. Too. Right. You know, but in any event. Um, My opinion is that we should tie this around their necks. Yes. And then that's it. Like, OK, well, look, look at your history. Look at your voting record. Look at all the things that you've said over the past five to ten years about this law. Mm-hmm. And you finally did it. Great. Now Let's what? take away everyone's health insurance. Republicans did it. Aren't you guys happy? Yeah. Now what? Stop getting them an out. Like, yeah. let them have it. Let them have their giant win. And yeah. let it play out politically. And let, let's say this is what they wanted. This is what they said they wanted to do. How many times did they try to repeal Obamacare in the House? Like 38 47, times? 47, something, something like crazy. Or maybe so more. they were unable to do that. But now finally they've won. In a sense, and now. Yeah. You don't have health care. Well, anymore. now, thank God, they don't have the house, because if they had the house. No, but I think the messaging has to be Republicans have done it. They've taken away your health care. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Congratulations. Yeah. Yay, Republicans. You're absolutely right. Is everybody right. so happy now? It is not. All the things they've been saying and doing for all of these years, they finally succeeded. Congratulations. Republicans have taken away your health care. That's the message. I don't give a shit about all the other stuff. Like, we'll come out and be like. It's going to be okay for right now, but it's very perilous, and we don't know because they finally succeeded. And that's not inaccurate. It's not. It's not. Remember, think about all the Republican governors. You have to stop giving them this cover, though. I know. You're right. You're right. You're you're absolutely right. And a lot of these liberal pundits should know better, but I think they get. It's like yeah, I can understand. We're they, the moms. We want to make yeah, everybody feel yeah. better. Don't and it's going to be okay. It's, it's going to okay. be fine. You're okay. Don't worry. No. Dad, freak dad just out. got mad and he hit me a little bit, but I'm going to be okay. <laughs> God. No. Freak out. It's not out. okay. Take to the streets. Call your congressman. Dad hit your mom. 
Punch him back. Call your congressman. Call, get to the streets. Make the signs. Organize protests. Organize call campaigns. Yeah. Absolutely freak the fuck out. Yeah. Because, yes, it is in danger. Obamacare just got overturned by a federal court. Yeah. That's what happened. And we can pontificate about what that means all day long and what's going to... Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. What we know, what the facts are, is that a federal court just overturned Obamacare. Mm-hmm. So... Go you should be there. really fucking freaked out yeah. and really pissed. And Republicans did it and they finally succeeded. And that's the message. Absolutely. Okay. So we will, there'll be more about this over the intervening weeks, I'm sure, because like you said, this is going to take a long time and yeah. there's going to be ups and downs and yeah. rulings and motions yeah. and potions. And, like, and you know, there are and- sessions that courts are in and are out and it just, you know, just courts take fucking forever. It's going to be Byzantine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then this is all in the backdrop of, will Trump even be president in six months? Right. <laughs> you know. Now, and we have a new, like, house coming in in, yeah. like, what, fucking three weeks? Yeah. There's going to be an entirely new house. Yeah, so, there could be a whole I resolution. Mean, not that it would get through the Senate. Who fucking knows? But, but like, yeah. it's, yeah. But this is not a thing to not think about. This is a thing that's important. Yeah. And you should be fucking pissed. All right. Well, now <laughs> on to the other eight million things. God, we only what have, like, wanna... ten minutes before the break. What do you want to, what takes ten minutes to talk about? <laughs> Well, before, did you want to get to something completely now for something completely different, Monty Python style? Sure. Uh, let's talk about God. Well, you had something that was totally so non Trump, Russia, Flynn, Butina, Cohen related. I do. Um, Centoya Brown. I want to talk about. So remember last week we were talking about Sestafoya. Mm-hmm. The two bills that were supposed to end child trafficking via criminalizing sex workers. Yes. And how that made like Tumblr take all adult content off and Facebook say like, we you can't like ask somebody to hook up on Facebook because that's against Or talk our, about your sex life. Or talk about your or, sex life or like yeah. come out as gay because that's like sex stuff and it's very bad. And all of this was, all of it, right? Was the, the to, for the children. <laughs> it's always for the children. Always for the children. Well, right? somebody think for about the, the children. For the sex trafficked children. And I care about the sex trafficked children. I don't think this law was effective at helping sex trafficked children, but I care about them. And the entire point of this entire legislative process was to protect sex trafficking victims. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have a sex trafficking victim. Her name is Centoya Brown. When she was 16 years old, she was trafficked and... She murdered one of her rapists in a mm. hotel room. Um, and she was sentenced to 51 years to life for that murder. She has since served, I want to say, 12 years, could be 16 years, of that sentence. Mm-hmm. She went before the um, Supreme Court in Ohio to argue that she should not have to serve that time, right? This was a different time. And they ruled against her and ruled that she should, in fact, have to serve at least 51 years for being a 16-year-old trafficking victim who shot her rapist in a hotel room. With his gun, do you know? Yes. Yeah, she got a hold of his gun. Yeah. While he was sleeping so that she could leave. Effectively ending her case now 
the fact that she served a single day is fucking heartbreaking. The fact that she served over a decade in prison for murdering someone who was raping a 16-year-old girl is heartbreaking. The fact that the highest court, right, said, no, that's right. In this day and age, in 2018, after we just passed this law about sex trafficking, after we're doing all of this arcane, conservative, anti-sex shaming bullshit in the name of protecting trafficked children, they decided, no, in fact, she should serve at least 51 years. Mm-hmm. What? When did this ruling come out? Last week. Yeah. I'm, so, so, I'm really surprised it didn't get more She's coverage. a black woman. Of course. And it has gotten a lot of coverage. Um at least in the circles I travel in on social media. So the black community and black lives matter specifically got obviously really upset about it. And there was a, um, some kind of town hall with the governor and they came out and they, um, gave him a bunch of shit and he has declared that he's considering clemency. For Santoya Brown. This is the governor of yeah. Kasich? No, 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 I'm sorry. It's the governor of Tennessee, I want to say. Not Ohio. Um, anyway, so that's the last, that's it. Okay. That's the last ditch. Well, th- again, this is why you, you are active and you create pressure and you make calls and you pick it and you do these things. And even if they, they turn the hoses on you or say you're stupid or pretend to ignore you it it has an effect yeah nobody wants angry people demonstrating outside their offices nobody wants disrupting their town hall he was so what happened is he was at this town hall and there was this question about education right that's what they were talking about Mm -hmm. and this uh protester stood up and said and talked about her how she since being incarcerated has graduated from uh high school got her ged um in addition to her bachelor's degree, she's working on her master's degree, um, and then spun it into, you know. Why is she even in prison? What the fuck is she doing in prison? Why has she been there for so long? And seriously, as a country, we're going to be like, we care about trafficking victims. Here's but one. She, here's one. She murdered the person who was raping her. She managed to escape. She managed to get out. And we put her in fucking prison for 51 years. What the fuck? Tell me again about how you care about children and about trafficking victims. Tell me one more time how we give a fuck about these people. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that. Clearly. And so it got really uncomfortable, I guess, in the room. And he was like, I don't know. He's like, I'm concerned. It's a thing we've been talking about. I'm thinking about clemency. And then later his... Um, and he probably ran backstage and said, who's What the Centoria fuck is Brown? happening, what is right? This? Maybe not. Maybe they had been considering it. I don't know. But like, it. it needs to be front and fucking center. Mm-hmm. This woman should, this child should never have been in prison. This woman shouldn't still be in prison. And what good, like, what good is prison anyway? But what danger does she, what, what are we, what are we doing? What is the point well, her of her? danger to society, her, her danger to society is, I guess, if, if, if another rapist, you know. She has, kills another rapist? It's fine with me. We're upset about that? Some, some men are probably. And, and and the punishment, if that's your angle on criminal justice, we punish this child for having been trafficked. I think mm-hmm. we've done that at this point. 
isolation from the community because she's a danger. Don't think that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Retribution for him. Anyone want to make that argument? No? Then what the fuck is she doing in prison? Yeah. So. I would encourage everyone to look it up. Make some noise. How do you spell her name so people know? Centoya. C-Y-N-T-O-I-A. Brown. Um, yeah. Look it up. Make some noise. Get involved. Um, I want her the fuck out of prison. I want her the fuck out. Yep. And the only... The last... That's it. That's the only thing left. She's exhausted every other possible method of getting herself out of prison, her and her legal team. And the only possibility is clemency from the governor. And so I think some massive pressure on that would be a really good idea because otherwise she's just going to languish in prison for the next 40 years. Mm. So anyway. All right. We got about five, three, well, three or four minutes before the break. Uh, We'll, we'll, do a little uh, preview of what we're going to cover in the second half. Jesus. Uh, we now have the Trump inaugural uh, fund finally under investigation. There was all kinds of funny business and funny money that, that people were looking at from that and f- foreign donations and you had kickbacks, uh, kickbacks to themselves. Uh, well, they got appointments and they got y- contracts and there's that. There's And billing the inaugural committee for Trump, you know, in you know, Trump well, properties get into it now. Right. Uh, so we've no. got the inaugural committee. We've got Cohen. Uh-huh. Cohen's going on a speaking tour and also promising to tell all after the Mueller report so that he can monetize that, which is smart, I guess. We've got Maria Butina, Maria Butina. We got a whole lot to talk about there yep. and the nexus of Russian money and the NRA, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting and yep. undercovered. Yeah. We've uh, got, does the president, Need a chief of staff? <laughs> the president no. has announced the chief of staff, but <laughs> somebody the who, funniest week in chief of staff history. Oh my ever. god, we're god, gonna get to all of that. Fraud. Um, and uh, we who he picked a guy who already has another gig, so who's gonna just stop doing that other gig? <laughs> uh, we, we after everyone was like, no, yeah, thanks, yeah. We got uh, Michael Flynn stuff. And yep. It, yep. it just gets yep. weirder and, and grosser and more perilous. And the, the Jared is the water in the pot is really starting to turn up on Jared mm-hmm. and now on Ivanka. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I am going to do a little commentary about how like these people are really clueless into how so deep the shit is that they're in. A lot of them. A lot of them do understand. But I think, you know, Trump and his inner circle really are like anybody with a brain would have gotten the hell out of town already. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm not sure. I, 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 think I mean, I'll- I think the thing that I've said for years and that I will say again is that um, they're used to getting away with whatever they want because they're rich business people. And rich business people get away with whatever they want. And the very most that ever happens to them is like... You get fired with a, you know, golden parachute. Right. They, 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 they are not used to any accountability. 
nor did any of them expect him to actually be the president. And they don't understand how government works. They don't understand how regulation works. They don't understand how any of it works. So it's really shocking for them to well, be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you can't look at that? You're not allowed to seize that. I don't yeah. have to tell you that. And it's like, no, 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 you do. And Ryan Zinke you quit uh, today. And mm-hmm. it's amazing also how all the inner circle and the cabinet members are just the absolute worst grifters on earth. Yeah. I mean, it's not amazing. Whether it's, it's, it's absolutely what you would expect. Whether it's Wilbur Ross or Zinke or Pruitt or DeVos, it's just these people are just caricatures of evil people. Right. But they're evil, really self-serving bad at it, Yeah. Yeah. They're also really bad at they're it. They're really so, bad at it. Plenty to talk about. Don't know that we'll get to all of it, but uh, all that and more it. when the break comes up. So don't go anywhere. Be right back with it. Welcome back to uh, Irreverent Testimony. We got sidetracked on the break looking for an old episode <laughs> about the uh, redistricting, fair redistricting bullshit they're doing in Colorado is now being suggested in New Jersey for a host of reasons that are bad, are bad and stupid and we want to talk about They seem like they're good because remember, who well, likes gerrymandering really? Well, there's controversy now in New Jersey about... <clears throat> The legislatures, the Democrat-dominated legislatures trying to do there what the Republicans are doing in Wisconsin. And actually a lot of – even the governor of New Jersey and a lot of liberal pundits are coming out saying, no, don't do that. What, they're trying to limit the power of the yeah. new – oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Stop fucking with democracy. Um, Maybe so Chuck Todd could say, aha, I told you. Something, something, both sides. <sighs> in any event, uh, yeah. Wow, where do we start with all the crap that happened this week in the on the Mueller SDNY Trump Let's crime go family for front? The low hanging fruit and talk about the <laughs> just that. chief of staff because <laughs> okay. it's fun. All right, <laughs> we have not a lot of fun. Uh, so John right. John Kelly, John Kelly, who we've, everyone's been chomping at the bit, he's going to resign. He's going to resign. They've been saying it for months. Finally, fired yeah, and, and Trump. Cares. It was just last week, I think, last Saturday. Trump said, "No, no, no, he's really leaving," and. They didn't have a successor in place, it turns out. No, they don't even have an acting uh, so, chief of staff. And all these people are like just fought. It's this thing that happens like, oh, God, but John Kelly, he was the adult in the room. And what uh, are we going to do? And he was such a brave hero man. He was a racist war. And it's like, fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck his complicity. Fuck him. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Good riddance. I don't care. Um, the fun part though is nobody wants the job. Nobody wants the job at all. Nobody wants it. So their first choice was Nick Ayers, who's Pence's chief. Of oh, staff. their first choice was somebody who was before him. No, there was nobody before him. That was the guy. It was Nick Ayers, the young, uh, 
young up and coming Pence's chief of staff. And not only did he say no, he's he's leaving Pence too. He's going off to the private sector. Yeah, no, he sector. just quit. Like he was like, no, I'm not doing that, and I'm also not going to work in the White House anymore. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's yeah. out. And and he was kind of an interesting character. And they started digging into him, and there were some interesting things coming up. And then they moved on because. Then every name in the book got floated around. Uh, Mark Meadows, who said no. They even, Santorum's name started bouncing around, Rick Santorum, and Santorum said no. And Newt Gingrich's name got bandied about, probably because Newt Gingrich called a bunch of people in the press and said, oh, they want me. Because <laughs> that's right. What, it's very Newt Gingrich. Um, Chris Christie. Well, that was just yesterday morning. Apparently, Chris the, Trump had finally said, oh, fuck it. Let's get Get Chris Christie. Just pick, yeah. Bring him in. And Chris Christie said, no. No, thank you. And. <laughs> the whole week, it was just like this, like, shit show of like, oh, maybe this person. No, and then they, they all publicly were Public just like, no, nope. that's not a good time for my family. Uh, this so isn't nobody, a great time for me and my family. This is, no, my family would prefer that I, my family, my family. Nobody wants this fucking job because who would want it? Someone was like, maybe Jared. And then. You know, Jared is about probably about to be indicted. That's not a good look when your chief of staff is about to get indicted. So uh, finally, Trump tweets out, OK, it's going to be Mick Mulvaney. <laughs> and we're, we're pretty much convinced that that's how Mick Mulvaney found out. He's yeah. the new chief of staff. He's the, currently the director of the Office of Management and Budget. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a gross. I don't know what I don't. I, Oh, if you forgot about Mulvaney, he's a gross, awful garbage person. But what makes him, I mean, he's literally just like anybody, anybody that works for me currently want to do this? Well, I think somebody has to like me still. I think there's three things, right? One, he's the, he's one of the remaining few on a very short list of either people who couldn't or wouldn't say no. Right. Um, Secondly, He's a guy, one of the few people in his Trump orbit who they're reasonably sure is not going to get indicted in the right. next few months. Right. I mean, maybe he's like a Bitcoin guy. Um, right. There could be something there. Yeah. So who knows? Right. Third. Um, he, he they needed to name somebody. Right. I have a little history in him. He was elected to the House. Yeah. He was a in house 2010 mm-hmm. as a South Carolina member of the Tea Party movement. Yeah. Yep. And as co-founder of the House Freedom Caucus. Yes. Freedom Caucus guy. Fiscal conservative. He is uh-huh. uh, called for severe spending cuts and helped lead the government shutdown in 2013. Yeah. Uh, then he got. So that's right. It's perfect person to oversee the management and budget. <laughs> obviously, obviously. And how well is that going with the record uh, deficits? Yeah, he. Then when he got that job, he oversaw a dramatic expansion of the deficit, mm. in part because of big increase in spending as well as last year's tax cut law. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know he's a he's a loyalist. They like get along, I guess. Um, I don't think they probably even know each other to be honest. But he was like, I'll do it because it's a big no, deal. No, he got named but Trump to the cabinet. So, I mean, he was a big Trump supporter during the campaign. And so that's why he got the gig. Right. And yeah. now he's got a second gig. And what Mulvaney has said, like, OK, well, I'm basically going to stop doing that budget management job. I'm just not going to do it at all. And I'm only going to do the chief of staff job, but I'm still going to be the head I'm still going to hold on to that other title. 
is what he's saying, apparently. Oh. And yeah. And people are like, well, how does that work? He's like, well, I have a, a second in charge at uh, the, the Office of Budget and Management, and he's going to just do it while I'm doing this chief of staff thing because it's just temporary. Which, <laughs> I mean, that's. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. But I guess I if mean, you have as dysfunctional a government as we have, it's, like it's not like he was doing anything of any merit over at the OMB. So like, who cares? It doesn't seem to work that way in House of Cards. Like I don't remember any plot device where it's like, oh, we need this import. We need a chief of staff, and we can't find anybody to do it. So we'll just have somebody else. How from the cabinet embarrassing is that? Like, that's do the it thing that, as well as their cabinet job. I it mean, does, it doesn't make any okay. sense. First of all, I think it makes sense because they can't get anybody else to do this job. And then he would have to be confirmed. Whoever his replacement was at the OMB would have to be confirmed. Right. Right. Which is uh, perilous at this right. point. And him getting anybody confirmed. Right. So fuck it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I wonder if he wanted to name Zinke before he said he was retired. Maybe that's why Zinke retired. Maybe. Hurry up and get out of here before he names you chief of staff. Go, go. Get out. Get out. Um, No, it's hilarious. And like, I was reading this article about like how the White House chief of staff is like, if you, uh, so I'm a big fan of the West Wing, right? Uh Uh-huh. And, you know. You're basically running the show. Yeah. And especially with a Trump, you really are running the show. Right. I mean, well, but that's different, right? But I was reading this article about how um, the chief of staff is like one of the most like highly sought after positions historically. Oh yeah, because it's the most power that you can basically have without being elected. Yes, and um, yeah, Look Leo at Carl Rove, and- right? Leo, right on the show. He's the heart and soul of the show, and he's the chief mm-hmm. of staff. And like, yeah. you know, Bartlett like has the ultimate decision making authority. But like, there was a bracelet that was put out that was like, "What would Leo do?" Right. Like he's the he he will. He's the person who can push the president, who can push back against the president, who can challenge the president, who can say to him in private quarters like this. What you're doing is wrong or what you're doing. I don't agree with or this Mm -hmm. isn't going to work or, you know, think about this differently. And it's a it's an incredibly powerful position. And the fact that no one wants it in this administration is I'm a gog. Like, bah, well, what? It, like, it, it's 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 extraordinary. It would this be, is a position that's hard to fill. It would be like after the Titanic hit the iceberg and the ship was obviously sinking, Captain Smith makes an announcement over the PA, like, there's an opening for Captain. Right. Come on up to the deck and I'll give you the hat. Like, <laughs> Right, right. But, I mean, that, that speaks to, among many other things, I think it speaks directly to how dysfunctional the White House is. That <sighs> yeah. No one wants the job of chief of staff? That's insane. Yeah, Santorum doesn't even want to come out of the mothballs and do it, right? Right. Like, Santorum. God, that must have been Pence's <laughs> Pence was like, I need another person with a mother <laughs> who hates sex and women. Let's get Santorum in here. Uh, we need to come up with a name. Well, speaking of Pence, you know, this wasn't even on our list, but this week was the big meeting with, with Chuck and Nancy. Where oh, Pence my was God. Right. The elf on the shelf. Yeah. I, so I didn't. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch the video because I just it's been a fucking crazy week. Um, but I read a lot of the sort of coverage of it. And well, I think I, let's do the three, really... like two things I think are important to talk about. One, uh-huh. Nancy Pelosi fucking owned face. Pretty and much, like yeah. got her like everyone was like oh that's why we like her right Schumer le- less so right he's a piece of shit um <laughs> yeah, and is. then Mike Pence is just like 
the scared child in the corner, silent, looks so uncomfortable, to be there. uncomfortable, didn't say a word, didn't even emote, didn't even just, like, just looked like he was constipated, basically. Yeah, it was very, very uncomfortable and weird. Yeah. Uh, in any event, basically, Trump had a tantrum and said, you're going to give me the money for my wall or I'm going to shut the government down. And they're, and they're like, you're going to do what? I'm going to shut the government down and it'll be on me. And you guys don't worry because I'll be proud to shut down the government. Proud to shut it down. And, and they're like, OK. OK, we're still not going to get fucking wall, though. <laughs> All right. And, and they did give him some money, from what I understand, $25 million? No, that was the old deal. The, oh. the old deal was $25 billion for the wall. Uh, in exchange for a guarantee that the DACA recipients would be protected. And the White House said no. They said no. And and now the new the new agreement is like one point six billion and also go fuck yourself. And they're not taking that. So like he's upping the ante now that he has less clout. Like he doesn't know how to do this. Now of course he that, doesn't. that is the part that is always lost on everybody. Everybody wants to talk about He's crazy and, and he's in trouble and he tweets too much and he has spelling errors and he likes banging porn stars. It's like he doesn't know how to do the job of president. Right. He doesn't know how to do politics. Right. And when my dad used to say, I'd rather go through the first five pages of the uh, phone book and randomly pick a name to be a politician or to be the president than to pick somebody who's a politician. Oh, then you, that's what you then got. Then this is what and, you and got. And he's representing your party. So and congrats. You, you did, like, yeah. I, I, and my argument back was always like, so would you do that with a surgeon? Right? I don't want somebody who's professionally good at this job. I want somebody <laughs> who doesn't know anything because they're corrupt. You know how like, people die when surgery? I, I would rather have someone who knows how to do a job than not. It's such a dumb talking point, but it you is. know what? Your dad got what he wanted. He did. And that's representing his party. Yes. And he doesn't he doesn't know how to get shit done. No. Almost he even almost know. everything fails. Yeah, he doesn't even know what I mean, he doesn't know anything. The only thing that's been passed, the only like legislation or like any like anything that's been done that's been successful law. is is congressional Republicans, which is the only reason that they're putting up with him is because they have this agenda that they know what they want and he'll and just he'll sign just off sign on, off on it yeah. and it's fine. Um, but no, he has no fucking idea what he's doing and Pelosi's not having any of his shit. Most everything he tries gets struck down in the courts yes, or turned away. makes him away. very mad because he's not King Trump and that's not fair. Yeah, so really he's horribly ineffective mm-hmm. and they like to pen all this, you know, hipster stuff that he really is effective and whatever but it's bullshit. If you pay any attention you can see he fails. He doesn't know how to do this and he's no match for a Nancy Pelosi or even a Chuck Schumer. No. Uh, and yeah, and and this was just another example of it. He's got he's got no leverage. He's got no cloud. He's got nothing. And he may be presiding over a shutdown right before Christmas. And if he wants to tell himself that's going to be great, then then fine. That'll be a disaster. And and you know, not to be glib about it, people will be hor- affected by that. You're going to have people furloughed and missing paychecks right before Christmas. Potentially. Yeah. If we get to a shutdown. And fuck Christmas, people are going to be missing paychecks. Yeah. Out of work. Because the president had a fucking tantrum about a border wall. That that the majority of the country does not want. Correct. And the, it will not be effective. It's nuanced. The, the Americans will say, oh yeah, we need border security. Well, should we pay, you know, billions of dollars for this wall? And the majority of Americans say no. No. <laughs> so that's where we are. Um, and, and I don't know if there's much more to say about that. I, not much other than I want to segue off of that into Nancy Pelosi. Um, in case y'all forgot why she's the leader of our party. 
Yeah, she um, pretty much cinched the deal this week. That's not getting a lot of coverage she, because there was all the breathless reporting that there's an insurgency and she doesn't have the and votes. All these people and, and she's fucking Nancy Pelosi and she went in and she did exactly what she was supposed to do, what she's the very best at. She and she deals. wrangled some fucking people and she said, this is what the job is. And this is what, do you want to do this? And they were like, no. <laughs> and then she like made some deals and she secured her place and then had this fucking White House um, televised sporting match, essentially, with the president, in which apparently she looked like a fucking badass feisty grandma and he looked like a sniveling idiot. And Mike Pence just stood there like, Ugh. <laughs> and then she walked out of there with her red coat and her sunglasses, which has been a meme all week uh, since that happened. And... Um, yeah, Everybody who was Trinity a little Matrix insurgent move. was like, oh, right. Right. I mean, it's not like Nancy Pelosi was given this job because she was a woman, right? That's what a lot of people sort of imagine is like, oh, she's this like society woman who's establishment and like we just wanted to have a woman back in like 2008 and so we just like put her in but really she Look, just the, doesn't the bottom like, line is the she's, an she, effective she's really fucking speaker, effective and effective minority leader. Yes, she's she an effective is. majority leader too. She it, gets yes. the Democrats well, that would be, to vote that would be <laughs> on, but she's effective at her job. I mean, yeah. she she's effective at getting people to do what the party wants them to do, getting the votes. She's and incredibly counting the votes. effective at fundraising. Yeah. She's if really effective at um, doing the job of speaker, which is a really hard job, and yeah. it's really complicated and it's intense, and you have to know everybody and know their kids' names and what their pet projects are and what they like and what they don't well, like and what will about... compel them. And she knows all of that, and then she twists the levers and she gets the job done. Well, let's talk about the deal she made with the last bit of um, holdout insurgents. She she basically made a deal for term limits. Yes. Which is convenient for her because, you know, she's going to be 80 soon. Yeah, she's you 78 know, she, right She's now. not going to be speaker till she's 100. So, you know, she, she has set, uh, uh, basically she'll be... She can serve half more term or one more term. So four years. Four so years. to 2022. Yeah. They, this has to pass the caucus. But it so will. she said, even if it doesn't pass, I will abide by it and uh -huh. I will not be speaker for more than four years. Um, and they said that. And the insurgents said, OK, done. Deal. Yeah. But like that wasn't like that was a concession that she made. But like there was so much more behind the scenes yes. baseball that happened. Yes, that like, of course, so much more behind uh, the scenes promises stuff. and appointments. And, and I mean, and, and you still got a couple holdouts like Seth Moulton. And, like there were there was originally going to be irrelevant. 44 Democrats that were going to oppose her. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the final list was 16. And now it's like two. <laughs> but anyway, the yeah. point is like and that was that including was, our own Ed Perlmutter. Yes. He was all like, oh, blah, blah. Jason Crow too. And then. But they um, fell in line and got a deal. But that was politics on their part, too. They, they, had to ha they had to create some leverage to get what they wanted. Yes. So that's how politics works, boys and girls. You may not like it. You yeah. may not like it. She had a meeting with AOC. And, yeah. And like, I'm in, down, you're great. And she was like, you're great, too, <laughs> Madam Speaker. <laughs> like, she's good at her job. So it's basically a done deal. And like we said, all those breathless reports of the, you know, the Pelosi insurgency and it's going to be chaos when they pick a speaker. Like, no, it won't. No, nope. Because It'll Nancy Pelosi be Nancy knows Pelosi. what she's doing. Yes. Which is kind of why we need her to be the speaker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's like self-explanatory, right? right? Like, you need to be able to herd cats and wrangle people and, and, and guide the ship and you need that, to be able to become speaker to be the speaker. Yeah, and if you we have a young up and comer who's able to learn how to do that on the job, and Kegar explained this, what she's probably going to do, without publicly naming anyone, mm -hmm. is she's going to groom somebody. Yep. And we don't know who it is. Nope. 
and will it'll become apparent who it is after it'll a couple years. It'll be a years. woman of color. I hope. I hope. I certainly hope so. It won't be Seth Moulton, and he'll be grump- <laughs> he'll be grumpy about that. Um, it should be a woman of color, and I she agree. will take her under her wing and yeah. show her this is stuff. And and I think it'll, it'll be probably be multiple people because reports were that there was this chick Kelly somebody who everyone was like you got to do it you got to do it and then Nancy Pelosi went and met with her and like literally explained the- you mean Nancy Fudge no 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 that's Marsha Fudge Marsha Fudge sorry this is some Kelly lady Kelly Rydell from California oh something like that okay Can't everyone was like oh she about. should do it she should do it Nancy Pelosi went and met with her and was like okay do you want to know what my day looks like do you want to <laughs> yeah. know what this job looks like yeah do you want to know how much fundraising you have to do do you want to know what it is and she was like never mind I do not want the job and literally <laughs> made a public statement that was like no I do not want to be speaker I, of the house but somebody, want somebody will and that could be an AOC that could be right and it may be a couple be... of people along the way that like get in and they decide they want it and then they're like never mind this is a horrible job she'll find somebody she'll who's find up, somebody, up to the task and then but she'll you, you groom can't them and just train them get thrown into it and do no it. you can't that's detrimental to our party yes it is not a good idea yeah Somebody needs to learn from her how to do what she does. So and it probably needs to be somebody a little more senior because they will know that all the house members of the, you know, and the important people in the party and, well, you know, maybe the sort a bar, of ins a and outs. Lee might be a good choice. Right. Like, it's, yeah. So, but it, yeah, she's 2022. Hey, look, the Republicans had themselves a young, dashing speaker. How did that work out? Who doesn't know how to count votes? It doesn't know how to wrangle anything. Right. How did that work out? Right. He's leaving in total disgrace and failure. Right. And having the presiding over the biggest loss is, you know, in how many a hundred years? And after I'm, having the biggest win, he I, had the House and the Senate and the White House. Right. And, and I know the media was in love with him and I know he took the job reluctantly. But Paul Ryan leaves as a joke. And. What an interesting um, difference between the way Paul Ryan was received oh by the God. media, by everyone, right? 29-year-old does P30X or whatever the even, fuck that shit is called. Even Ezra Klein kissed his ass. Everybody loved him. He's this Ayn Rand libertarian with all these great ideas, and he's young, and he's fresh, and da-da-da. We should give him a chance, right? And I and, Youngest and, guy, right? And you saw what I wrote about him back in 2012. Right. This guy's a joke. He's and a charlatan. What are we doing to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? She is 28. <laughs> That's a good she point. She is just as fiery and smart and has just as crazy notions on our side as he did on theirs. And what are we doing to her? Well, Everybody's we, just breathlessly like, what is she wearing? What is that? Is that whole, jacket very expensive? Hold did on, she, though. Did she grow up in the Bronx or did she actually go to Georgetown? Hold, I mean, hold it on is though. outrageous. Hold on, though. There's a big difference, right? She's a woman of color? No, I'm talking about in the practical terms of what she's going to do. She is taking a leadership role on some of this green stuff, which is great. Yes. But they are not naming her like chairman of you know, big important appropriations or anything or like heaping all the shit on her like they did with Ryan. No, but I'm saying, I mean, our party, he was taken as credible and smart and interesting and the face of the party. And like everyone was fawning over him and all she gets is shit. She's young. She's a woman. She doesn't have any experience. She wears clothes that we don't like. She doesn't, we don't, we just can't trust her. Well, not, we just can't trust her. Not from young progressives. They're excited about her and that's great. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. I mean, young conservatives were excited about Paul Ryan. I'm everybody quite sure, was excited about Paul Ryan. But everybody was excited about Paul Ryan, and everyone took him seriously, and everyone thought that he was the face of the party. The only people <laughs> that think that 
except are for us. except for us, and we don't count. And the only people that view the, her the same way that every single fucking person viewed him are us. Well, we don't. Everybody we, else, the entire media, well, everybody, on. and every coverage of her. Look, hold on. The 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 fact is, are you denying? Speak to my point. Well, I, is I, it a double standard? Sure, it's a double standard, but there's so we don't know what she's going to do as a legislator. We don't they, know they didn't how know effective. what he was going to do it as a legislator, and they just fucking sucked his dick until he got in because he was cute. Yeah, because he's a man. He's a white man who's good looking and like worked out once. <laughs> that's that. That's fine. I think the larger, more important point is we don't know what she can do as a legislator, and she may be great, and she may. She may just be a wallflower when it comes down to it. She may be overwhelmed by all of this. Oh my God, you'd not just say that. Uh, she may. We. The point is, we don't know. We have no idea. She hasn't. She hasn't even been seated yet in Congress. We have no idea what kind of legislator. Now she seems to have very good ideas, and she she can seem to handle criticism very well. Um, you know, right now it looks pretty promising. But I think drawing conclusions on what kind of legislator she's going to be and if she's going to be the face of the party going forward is really premature, is my point. We don't know. And that's my comparison to Paul Ryan. That They were so excited about him and put all this on his back and he wound up being a complete waste and a charlatan and, and didn't even follow through on the things he believed in. And that's my point. Like, Can we say with any certainty what AOC is going to do when she's actually in Congress? Or how well she's going to do it? No. No. Not at all. Uh, we're hopeful, but... I just think it's interesting that we don't give her the benefit of the doubt that maybe she'll be great. We just talk about maybe she won't. Maybe we don't know. Maybe it'll be overwhelming for her. <laughs> okay. My point is, wouldn't have that been a fair assessment of Paul Ryan? As excited as... But it wasn't the assessment of Paul Ryan. I, uh, yes, I agree. Because he's a dude. He's a white dude from Wisconsin. And he was in a workout video. And people like to swoon over that. And Republicans thought, oh, good, this brings us this young energy. And maybe we're not the party of old white guys. Or whatever the fuck, right? Right. So I guess that's my point about her. But we were getting way off track here. Let's try to swing it back to some of the other crazy shit that's happened. Can we talk about Maria Butina, please? Sure. Okay. So Maria Butini pled this week, and there's much more going on with her. Uh, on Thursday... Well, let's talk about the fact that she pled, but she also agreed to full cooperation. Yes. Which is sort of shocking, right? Yes. For yeah. a Russian spy who... There's debate about whether she's a Russian spy or just a, a Russian citizen who came here to uh, try to gain influence over uh, the Republican Party to go back to... Moscow and say, look how good I am. Give me. Right? I, I think More there's a great area. There's never any much subterfuge in what she was, except for really stupid people. Like she, she, <laughs> she never said she wasn't Russian. Right. She like didn't come across like, it's not like the Americans where no. she was like, oh, I'm this very nice Midwestern girl. She was like, I'm Russian and I like guns. Well, hold on. That's, you know? that's my point. She, she, <laughs> she represented herself as a Russian guns right activist. Yes. But you have to understand something. There's no such thing as gun rights in Russia. No. Putin doesn't want anybody to have guns because when you right. have guns, you might shoot at him. Right. Well, that's why she's a gun rights activist, right? That was her whole cover was like, 
in my country, Russia, we don't have like the right to bear arms. So I'm coming to the United States to see how you guys do it because I think we should have the right to bear arms. <laughs> I'm going to go back as though there is any sort of possibility of like an activism in Russia, unless you're For- pussy riot, you just get put, put in fucking jail or murdered. Yeah. Um. So she comes over here and she's like, oh, we don't have the right to bear arms in Russia. I want to see how the NRA works. I want to know how to do it so I can bring it back to my home country and bring my people the right to bear arms. Yeah. And they were like, oh, she's hot, and that's so fucking, my dick is so hard because she's talking about guns and she has red hair. No, literally. because yes. Because she she worked her way through these important... No, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. literally. She worked her way through these very influential people, uh, both in the NRA and, and Republican lobbyists. Let's be really clear. She worked her way through really influential old white men. Yes. Who thought that, God... This hot young Russian hot, babe young who's, Russian redhead likes guns and oh, me. Whatever she wants, I'll <laughs> tell her everything. I don't care, right? And it wound up, and even better, it, it wound up being a pipeline for lots and lots and lots of money. Yes, from Russia. Yes, and to then, the NRA. To the NRA. Yes. and the NRA's spending on, um, on the 2016 election, both for Trump and for congressional candidates, like doubled, or at least doubled what it was before. Yeah, but it was also like way less than I heard there was like a there, there's a serious funding gap in the NRA. They're having a really hard time. But that's not because Well, because somebody was skimming off the top, that doesn't surprise me. Well, I don't know why, but um No, they're spending basically regardless doubled. that regardless of what their funding problems are, it has nothing to do with this because Russia lent them a healthy hand. So she like comes into the country with this story and somehow winds up in like the upper echelon of the Republican Party and the NRA, um, just fucking old white dudes and like having them spill. And the number of pictures, there was a thread on Twitter of just pictures of Maria Butina with influential, influential Republicans. Elliot Brody and Rick Santorum and yes. all these other people. Just pictures of them and her. Yeah. And how it's not like she's a constituent. Right? It's not like, <laughs> no. oh, I once time took a picture with Cory Booker. She's a Russian like, national. She's a Russian national who's just seen in all of these pictures with all of these like very prominent Republican people. Bringing um, in lots of money. Bringing in lots of money. So let's think about this for a second, right? It, it's pretty clear that she was a conduit whereby the NRA used Russian money to... To fund Republican candidates. Yes. That is illegal, boys and girls. Very much so. So, That is illegal. FEC says (laughs) no political... The Constitution of the United States says... You're not allowed to take foreign money for any political purpose in terms of elections. No campaigns, not even like... Dark money, you know, issue ads. You're not allowed to take foreign money for campaigns and for so, elections. And it's washing not it through the NRA is a pretty thin veneer. Yes, and they could have picked something better for fuck's sake. Well, and and something less. And partisan. she's fully cooperating. And so yes. the question is, who knew where this money was coming from? Did Trump know? What congressional? Did Mitch McConnell know? Did Paul Ryan know? These are serious questions. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew and what did they do about it? Right. Or did, how did they facilitate it? Did they also have money funneled into their campaigns from her? This is a crisis. Yes. For the NRA and the Republican Party. Yes. It, it, and it, I think it's being the like... The fact that she's cooperating is extraordinary. Well, let me let me tell you how big this is, right? 
<laughs> on Thursday, there was a a case on the docket. Mm-hmm. Right? For yeah. a grand jury. Yeah. And yeah. that building got put on lockdown. That whole floor. The whole floor got put on lockdown, and there yeah. was no information in Cleared the public docket. everyone out. They no could... one was allowed in or out of that floor. No, and everyone was like, wow, who's this? Is it Trump himself? Is it one of the Trump kids? Is it Pence? Like, you know, what, this, this is big deal. What is happening? Well, it turns out it was probably her. We don't know. It, it, speculation, speculation and, like, seems to be sources pointing. seem to point to the fact that it may have been her. Yeah, and now she's already cooperating and has pled so now she's going in front of another grand jury what the hell is going on right what it's is really confusing spill? that's why i was really skeptical i was like that doesn't make any sense i mean she's already pled we already know that she's cooperating so why would they need to clear a floor to have her come and what grand jury if she's already like what is happening i mean it's it's a big deal and i think well let me tell you why the speculatively if she was going to testify in front of a grand jury that a mitch mcconnell for instance maybe uh, helped uh, organize this conduit of Russian money to NRA to Republican candidates. That's a pretty big fucking deal. You'd want to keep completely under wraps. Yes, I'm not, and I'm not saying she said that. I have no idea. We don't even know if it was her. Or, if, or, or if Trump was in a meeting with you know one of these Russian go-betweens like uh, Alexander Torshin or somebody, and like they all sat in a room together and said and she drew a little diagram like money from Putin and a smiling Putin face handing. You know, a wad of cash to Bettina handing it to the NRA, handing it to Trump, and he knows. That's a big fucking deal, and you'd want to keep that under wraps. Yes. You would not want that to leak out. Right. So, right. so we don't know we what don't she know. is saying, what she's, how many cases she's involved with potentially, how many indictments could potentially come from her testimony. Um, there's, I, I, additionally, I, we know that it's a really big deal because she also has a... Um, a visa deal as part of her cooperation, which is that after the case is closed and her cooperation has ended, she's allowed to stay in the United States for a period of time because her life would obviously be in danger if she was deported back to Russia. Well, that's the weird thing. Like, and so it's hard. To, you would think she'd be a hero for what she did, but I, but she's cooperated with the U S government to take them down. You get murdered for that. It's it's a, yes. Unless that's part of the game. I don't know. It, it's, it, it is a tricky, dirty business, and and we and, and there's a lot of unanswered questions, and we're completely speculating. But look, if it was Butina and they cleared out that courtroom and didn't want anybody to know anything, I don't think she's going there just to get some low-level NRA people. No. Like that's a big. They don't give a shit about deal. the NRA. Like they care about the NRA, but not about like entrapping like indicting nra members well now like, that that like russian board money members has, or whatever has dried up that's nothing the to nra do with it. may not exist much longer right god willing but um man I, I still think the general public and certainly republicans and people in the trump inner circle don't understand the level of rapture that is going to come down agreed yeah like people are going to be dumbfounded it's just starting yeah it's just starting and it may not be over for years, right? It may not be over for years because they keep committing crimes, first of all. <laughs> so they just are like, add it to the list, Johnny. Um, but also, like, the first couple of indictments, right, and, and sentences and stuff that have come down, uh, it's just the beginning. Well, we're running out of time. Beginning. Let's talk about what else happened this yeah, week. So, so there's Bettina. There was Flynn, who uh, Flynn was sentenced. And Flynn did a whole lot of cooperation. 
Yes. Now we don't know what that means. Mueller, but suggested we know Mueller basically said he shouldn't even go he to jail. He shouldn't even go to jail. It's just fucking with Trump. <laughs> she never got to jail. He cooperated so hard. Yeah. He cooperated so much and gave us so much valuable information. Yeah. So good. God, he gave us everything we could ever. Just don't even put him in jail. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely like a he's war like criminal, but like he was the <laughs> best cooperating witness we've ever had. And we got so much information that we're going to recommend no jail time. Yeah. It's just fucking with Trump said. Right. I mean, it's just straight like we have everything we could ever need from this witness. Don't even worry about jail. He's fine. Yeah. Trump's just like, what the fuck did he say? <laughs> right? Yeah. And like all the right wing sphere is still on this whole like, oh, Flynn got a raw oh. deal. He never should have been. It's like, oh, wow. Are you guys missing the point? Oh <laughs> like, okay. And then they're like, well, we know he's a liar. He lied to our daddy in chief Pence. So he's bad. And he, nothing that he can say is ever well, that, to be that taken was, seriously. That was back and, then to get the heat off of him. Now, you know, he never lied. He, no, he got... No, now is now, like now, he now got, he's an asshole who like betrayed no, no, the president. No, 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 no. Now he he was the victim of dirty FBI tactics because when they went to question him, they didn't. He didn't know he was in danger of perjuring himself. That's Cohen. No, that's Flynn. Oh, is that Flynn? That's Flynn. That's what they were saying about Flynn. That's what Fox News and the right wing people were saying about Flynn this week. That those meanies in the FBI, especially Peter Strzok with those text messages when they went to question Flynn and Flynn was so cordial. I mean, they basically cut and pasted this. The wall street journal had, had an op-ed that said all this, that was basically literally cutting, pasting chunks from the sentencing statement that his defense lawyers used. That was like, he was so cooperative and he didn't know. And they didn't tell him that, you know, he could get himself in trouble by saying these things like, Oh, now that's something conservatives are concerned about. Well, hold on. This is not Flynn. This is Flynn. Yes. This is Flynn, babe. He didn't perjure himself. Oh, he did. That's not. That's not what he's charged with. That's p- well, part of what he was charged with. Yes. He's the best cooperating witness ever, and he also lied to us. Well, he lied initially. That's why he got charged. It's all too much, baby. I know, but initially he he did a whole bunch of lying to the FBI about his contracts with the Russians, about the work he did for Turkey, about um, all kinds of shit. And and then he was also happy to be an unregistered agent. So that all fed together. And that's all what he was charged with. And then the argument that his lawyers made in the sentencing statement was when they went to question him, he was totally cooperative and at ease and he didn't think it was an interrogation. And he and they didn't tell him the things that he said could get him in trouble. So he didn't even call his lawyer. And isn't that wrong? And so he should get less time or no time for that. And then the Wall Street Journal copied and pasted that and did an op ed and said Flynn got railroaded. That all happened this week. And but so- then he cooperated. Not during that, right? Like he, so that, so what we're saying is that happened, right? This cordial, like happy fun meeting happened, right? Where he (laughs) doesn't know that you can't lie to the FBI. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then he lies to the FBI and then they're like, you're getting charged with lying to the FBI. And then he flips and it's just like, cut me open like a fucking chicken and I'll tell you everything that you need to know about everything that has ever happened. Yes. And then in the sentencing statement, his lawyer was like, he was railroaded. Yeah. That's stupid. Well, it's part, they, they threw everything at the wall. It was one of those sentencing statements. You've read stupid. them before. You've written them before. I have. Where they throw everything at the wall, right? No, I think you I, I think you are more strategic than that. But, I mean, I'm not his lawyer. Well, that's part of what they said. 
It was like, not only has he fully cooperated, but oh boy, were those Oh, they're FBI saying the agent- initial charges shouldn't even have mattered because he didn't know you can't lie to the FBI. I got yeah, it. Or go lenient on him because he was so cooperative and friendly and he didn't know. And they didn't tell him. He didn't even bother calling his lawyer. Come on, that's kind of mean, right? Jesus fucking Christ. And then Republican and then conservatives. Yeah, tell that to all the people that are being questioned by police the, right now. The 13-year-olds the getting ready to be charged as adults who are being questioned without their parents or their lawyer, right? Yeah. Uh, but in any event, that's Flint. <laughs> okay. Uh, this Manafort thing is still going on because he's all over the place. Um, Basically, he just lied and then fed information back to Trump and then thought he was fooling the Mueller team and he wasn't. And they were like, lol, let's like make him think that he's fooling us and then we'll see how far it goes. That's and your then, theory, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then they were like, hi. Um, we knew <laughs> that whole time, so... And, and, and we speculate that, you know, he's going to play these games as long as possible because he, he's going to try to maneuver for some kind of deal. Pardon. But he, what he's not going to do is be exposed to, you know, poison tip umbrellas right. and radioactive tea. Right. He'll, he'll go to jail, but he's not going to get killed by the Russians. This right. is what he was trying to avoid. I think Which so. Which is why when everyone was like, he's cooperating, I was like, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> Let's see. Mm. Let's see how far that goes. Mm. Okay, and then so, we were sort of right. So then there's Manafort. That's still ongoing. And then there's, there's Cohen, Cohen, who got sentenced to three years in jail. Yes. Mostly for, because he cooperated pretty well with Mueller. And Mueller's like, oh, he's cooperating with us and SDNY, who's investigating him for a whole bunch of other shit. For like all his taxi shit and all of his financial shit, crimes, tax, all the mob shit, right? Uh, he's like, he's not really cooperating with us at all. Fuck that. Right. And, I mean, had he cooperated with them, um, though, it would have potentially exposed, like, massive, massive corruption and tax fraud. and That isn't necessarily linked to politics. Fi- no, no, no. It has nothing to do with politics, but yeah. the financial um, liability that he may have exposed himself to by cooperating with that investigation, uh-huh. I think he's willing to do three years to oh, not yeah. have that oh, yeah. financial po- problem happen. And not just financially liability, like that's a huge part of it, but also like the mob. Yeah, you don't. He'll wanna, go to jail for three years. Not, but he's not going to tell the fucking SDNY everything he knows about the mob. You're not rolling over on the New York mob and the Russian mob. No, I will <laughs> go to jail for three years for sure. Yeah, yeah. done. Yeah, start my sentence. Yeah, let's be over with this. And I'm then, good. And then now he's uh, the last couple of days. He's doing kind of a media tour, and because the biggest thing now that that all the speculation on impeachment and will Trump get charged is because it's it's now become clear and Cohen has. <laughs> Expressed this, and now the National Enquirer, uh, mm. David Peckard, has yep. expressed that Trump directed Cohen to make the payments for hush money to affect the election. Right. He and, and I think the facts go to that too. If you're a person who's a defense attorney or any kind of attorney, we talk about good facts and bad facts. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the facts are the good facts um, for the prosecution of Cohen absolutely speak to that. That is absolutely what he did. It's not like in 2014 he paid these women off to not talk about Trump. It was in October of 2016 that he paid these women off a yeah. month before the election to be like, don't fucking say anything. We want to win this election and, and he, shut your fucking mouth. And here's the problem. And Cohen is testifying to that effect and saying, oh, yes, absolutely. Trump yeah. had me pay off these women to affect the election. Well, Cohen's a liar. Okay, well, the the, well, the the magazine, the newspaper that was complicit in doing these catch and kill stories is also saying that's exactly what happened. Well, right, so that's the other big thing that happened in conjunction with this, right, is that... Um, David Pecker of the National right. Enquirer has completely... We didn't know to this. ...to save their own asses. But he has been and has been for months cooperating with the Mueller investigation mm-hmm. and 
in exchange for, you know, not... Well, not just him. Also the Trump org money guy. I f- right, I forget but, his but name. Hold on. So, but the story was, no, no, no. The National Enquirer bought this Playboy Bunnies story because we were really interested in it. And then, like, we got into it and we just didn't really feel like publishing it. Right? <laughs> right. That's where this money came now from. They've admitted Turns out they cooperated control. with the Trump campaign to buy her story to never run it so that no one else could run it because they bought exclusive rights to it with no intention of running it. And that's not speculation. That is what David Pecker told the Mueller team. I was told to do this for this express purpose and was paid back by the Trump campaign for this this payment that is campaign finance violation on its face without question (laughs) you can't do that that is john edwards to a t and while john edwards got a mistrial he still got charged and was facing possible prison time so uh this is all exploding and unraveling and people like lindsey are trying to twist it and say oh well it's fine it's not really that bad whatever (laughs) and so their line is like well it's a process crime it's a it's you know Maybe it happened. Okay. They're saying it happened. Even if it did, it's a civil thing. <laughs> it's a civil thing. It's not a criminal thing. And 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 then and then who doesn't lie about sex? And I'm like, I want to throw things at the television. <laughs> Considering 1998 fucking wasn't that long ago, yeah. Right. Anyway, we're at we're out of time. As Ugh. I predicted would happen because we're just getting warmed up. And Mueller's just getting warmed up. It's gonna be a really interesting rest of the year and new year. And then when when that new Congress gets seated, oh boy. The shit storm coming, I really don't think that Trump and his people understand it. I don't know. So hang on. Here we go. Uh, at Reverend Duo, Reverend Testimony at gmail.com. Stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. Until next week. Adios. Adios.